Come on, everybody, it's the inside trip. So crack a high life and take a sip on that T-I-T. Get up and scream, and you can spell it backwards. You know what I mean. Your boy Brando in the house tonight. Gonna lay it down smooth and keep it tight. When Ben Watson gets on the mic, you better get ready because he brings the hype. It's about that time you already know that nasty trip, this nasty flow. The inside trip that is the show. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Hey, yo, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, and we are back. With episode number 104, my name's Brandon Olinger, and join with me as always, my man, your man, everybody's favorite fan man, Ben, the Law Dog Watson. What up, what up, what up? Uh, not much, but a bunch of upsets this weekend, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. It was a crazy weekend, though. Yeah, what's up, what's down, what's all around? I don't know what's going on. I don't know either. I, I, seriously, I heard Army uh, beat Penn State. Yeah, in a tournament this weekend. Is Army going to be? Is, are they the new top team? Army, honestly, good for them. Good for them. Army is the new number one ranked team. In Absolutely. The uh, they beat Penn State at the uh, Black Knight uh, Invitational. They finished first. Penn State finished second, I think. So I'm going. I'm going to anoint Army as the number one team in the country. Um, but before that, you want to do a little business. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Um, as I said, it's the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 104. You know where to find us on the Twitter deck at the Inside Trip One. We've got a Facebook page, it's the Inside Trip. We've got an Instagram, it's the Inside Trip. And as for the podcast itself, it's at all your favorite podcast locations Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, all that good stuff. So go out there. Find the podcast, subscribe, download, give us a listen, and if you don't mind, how about a little rate and review, review to tell us how much we screw up on a yes. week-to-week basis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Please do. I think we did get a couple new rates and a couple new reviews, so uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate the feedback, positive and negative. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think that I'm a little out of sorts right now. I, I, it might have been the weekend. I, you, you know what? Know. This was a great weekend. Yeah, our boy Tommy Baranowski from yes. Blood Round traveled down to the great city of Dayton, Ohio, hang out with me and Ben. We went, did a little bar hopping, a little boozing. Oh, we booze had a great time. Him. Tommy Baranowski, booze hound. Oh man, he liked to drink. We all liked to drink. Sunday morning was rough for me. Ooh, baby. But no, yeah, Tommy B from Blood Round came down, did a little inner podcast love. Didn't actually drop a pod. Thought about it, but then, you know, we, 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 our, our better judgment uh, prevailed, and we decided that instead of doing that, we'd go out to the bars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Priorities, people. Priorities. Know your priorities. And the bars definitely took priority over a podcast. But, but it was cool. It, it was cool for him to come into town. And he actually, we got to catch. He got into town. He was reffing um, at the Finley Open. And he got into town right as the, um, the finals for the Bill Farrell were starting. So we all got to sit down, me, you, and him, and watch the finals before we, before we went out. And that was awesome. It's awesome to watch. So so many times, you know, because of busy schedules and everything like that, we don't always get to watch wrestling together. We've got to watch that on our own. And then, you know, we were texting during the whole time and, you know, or chatting on the phone. But it was nice to sit down and actually watch some extremely high-level wrestling in what was an awesome tournament um, all together. That was really cool. A lot of great matches, man. A lot of interesting matchups. Um, surprise, some, some, some surprise finalists. Um, some upsets, or what we consider upsets. 
Let's start at 125. Let's just talk about this. 57 kilograms at the Bill Farrell. I was going to say 125. You want to talk about Gable Stevenson? Sorry, 125 and a half <laughs> pounds. 57 <laughs> kilos. Seth Gross announcing his arrival at 57 kilograms at the Bill Farrell Open, man. And I'll tell you what, my first impression is, one, this dude is about a foot and a half taller of anyone oh he's going to be goodness. competing against. Two, it, he looks like he was handling the weight cut quite well. And then three, dude was pretty dominant. And I think that I think that what you said about number two was, was extremely uh, – that was the question that everybody was going to have, right? So uh, 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 two things. One – for just college fans who only follow um, freestyle uh, wrestling uh, tenuously, the Bill Farrell is one of the first qualifying tournaments for the Olympic trials process. Any individual that the, the highest placing individual that hasn't already qualified for the Olympic trials process, which was um, you had to take first in every weight, but I think uh, uh, 97 where Snyder wrestled. Yes. Yes. Snyder did wrestle at that weight. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the highest ranking um, finisher from each individual uh, weight gets to go on and wrestle at the Olympic trials. And we see Seth Gross enter. And Seth Gross is taking a path that some other people aren't taking. So Seth Gross is attempting to, and I, and I think it's probably because I don't think he's got any red shirts left. But, or, yeah, I don't know if he would qualify for an Olympic. Either way, we see Nick Siriano, Olympic red shirting, Stefan Micic, who's wrestling for Serbia, um, Olympic red shirting. Seth Gross is wrestling at 133 pounds during the year, but his freestyle weight class, because we only have six weights, is 125.5 pounds, 57 kilograms. So he's been holding a lower weight than he typically would wrestling at 133 pounds, and I think his folk style results this season have shown that he's he's definitely cutting some weight because he hasn't been putting dudes away with the same veracity that he that we know him for right so we think okay you wrestled 133 pounds and you're it, now you got to go an extra eight more pounds Let, let's see that's let's a see lot happens. i mean too same day weigh-ins, for a small guy right same day weigh-ins. yeah and this is a guy who you know his first year as a starter um in college wrestling wrestled 141 pounds then dropped down to 133 right and now he's wrestling 57 uh kilos and and let's face it his path to the finals and his path to the top of the podium was not an easy path. I mean, he had to get through Suriano, Darian Cruz, and then finally Nathan Camasello. That's a rough. That's that's three very very formidable opponents. Yeah, and and what's funny is his uh, one of his tight. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he had a tight match early on. Okay, mm-hmm. so well seven to four, and right. you know that the very first match. But that's what I mean. I right, think thinking, oh, is this cut going to be a real thing? Which it is, right? It's got to be a real thing. It's a huge cut. It has to be. If it wasn't a huge cut, he'd be wrestling at 125 pounds during the season. Absolutely. And you just look at him and you know it's huge. But his ability to recover after that first match and immediately have to wrestle Nick Suriano, who a lot of people were thinking were potentially the favorite. I picked him. For this weight. I picked him. Yeah. And I think the reason, and I think what's fair is because even though Nick Suriano wrestled 133 last year, he's not as big as Seth Gross. Right? He's not as tall. Um, he's wrestled 125 in college, where he, Seth Gross hasn't. He's not little, though, Ben. I think where, where we can get caught up in Seth Gross' height, obviously, Suriano doesn't have that height, but Suriano is a very muscular dude, dude sure. not a lot of body fat. But he ain't ever wrestled 141 in college. No, he Seth, hasn't. Seth Gross has. Seth Gross um, passed the test, right? He, he passed the eye test from his ability to recover from that weight cut, and he passed the eye test from the way he was wrestling. Nick Suriano, the last time we saw him wrestle freestyle, we saw him take out a uh, returning bronze medalist in Joe Cologne. 
at Beat the Streets. Right. So Nick Soriano was, was definitely a formidable opponent. Seth Gross beat him in the quarterfinals. Um, and I know it was close, 4-2, to two, but Seth Gross' length gave Nick Soriano problems. And that's where I think Seth Gross is going to win a lot of matches. That's where he dominated Nathan Tomasello. Was his length just? Yeah, Nathan Tomasello got to Gross's legs, but mm-hmm. Gross just kind of kicked out of it. And he kept that two on one. He kept on working that two on one Russian tie. There was, it, it was impossible to get your one of your hands to his leg because of that. His leverage and length is going to give him such an advantage over the majority of his opponents. Now. I am very interested to see him in a match against a guy like um, uh, oh, shoot. Dane Fix. No, slip my Thomas mind. Thomas Gilman. Thomas Gilman. Thomas Gilman isn't the smallest of fifty-seven kilograms. Oh, he's a big dude. You know, he's a little bit on the tall side himself. Um, I, I'm very curious to see a matchup like that. I'm I'm very curious to see you know Spencer Lee, Spencer Lee in this mix as well, and how, how he does against a guy like Seth Gross. Um, it, I'll watch a match between Nick uh, Suriano and Seth Gross. I'll watch. I could watch a match between them two a hundred times in a row, oh, and know. You, you know, and you know, I would not be surprised if Suriano won half those matches. Oh, absolutely! I I, I don't think that anything Seth Gross did makes me think that that uh, Suriano can't beat him. Oh, no, but he did solidify himself as one of the top players for the United States at fifty-seven kilograms right now. So, so it'll be interesting to see what we see from Seth Gross moving forward. Obviously, now that he's qualified himself for the Olympic. Uh, Trials. He's not going to wrestle in, in the uh, in, in the uh, Olympic trial qualifier coming up in December. Um, no need to. Yeah, but he's got to make sure that. I think the Olympic trials are in April. You know, we're talking like less than a month after NCAA's. He can't balloon up to 150 pounds and you know, and then cut back down with an Olympic spot on the line. He's going to have to hold some semblance of that weight for a while, and. You, you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how that, that how that affects them. All great points, Ben. I mean, I I can't say anything different myself. Like I said, I think he solidified himself as one of the top competitors at this weight class. Um, we are still missing some key players to compete at this weight class. Whether it's a Dayton Fix, a Thomas Gilman, a Spencer Lee. Who Spencer Lee? We hadn't seen him wrestle freestyle in a minute, dude. This is gonna be hell. This is gonna be a great Olympic trials weight. I think so, and I think. Historically, we've been kind of weak at this weight class. You know, it's for a while. I up and guess. down, up, up and down, down up and sure. down, um, up and down for sure. You know, prior to Thomas Gilman winning that silver medal, who was the who was the last person to medal at that weight Man, class at the Olympics? Cejudo, who got medal at the Olympics? Cejudo won the won yeah. the Olympics. You know, uh, Gilman obviously won it, won a world medal there. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, no, I think that might be Cejudo. I think, I, I think. Yeah, I think so. Point. You know, um, so it's 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 looking up this year. It definitely is looking up. Oh my God, we have so many reps, and 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 I don't want to go off on this tangent, but I mean, I I'm not going to be upset if Seth Gross or Spencer Lee or Dayton Fix or Thomas Gilman are repping us at the um, at the Olympics. You know, um, and one guy I probably wouldn't put in there is somebody that I think he's probably got a shot to make it. Unfortunately, who. Was also it was great to see him out this year, or get, great to see him back and healthy as Nathan Tomasello. He had a nice tournament until he ran into that buzzsaw. He did. I, look, I, it was great to see Tomasello back on the mat, back on the mat healthy. Um, he had a great tournament up until the finals. I did a lot of reflecting over that match against him and Seth, or Seth, Seth Gross. And the unfortunate thing about Tomasello, I think as it pertains to freestyle, and it was even kind of like this in collegiate wrestling, I think he's just too one-dimensional, and he doesn't have – a lot of variations 
to really beat these other guys that have size advantages or scrambling advantages His over Scrambling him. abilities you know? is not there. It's not. It really isn't. It's and, not. It's, it's scrambling ability is not there. We, we, and, and just tactical ability, it goes back to when we, unfortunately, when he tore his ACL, when he wrestled Dayton Fix for the U23 spot and Fix right. beat him um, as, a, as a, uh, a young buck who'd never even wrestled at the NCAA tournament yet. Uh, Nathan Tomasello is going to be a guy. He's gonna all. He's gonna be on the. I I presume he'll be on the ladder for a while, unless he decides to go fight. I presume he'll make a national team or two. Uh, he's already done that once, and, and I presume he'll be a great guy to to assist the United States with depth. Uh, I just don't see him making a team. That said, another person I never saw making a team that did and wrestled a hell of a worlds was Tyler Graff. Of course. So and Joe Cologne. Yeah. So so <laughs> guys you, like that. You never know. You never know. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, 65 kilos, man. It, it was the finals that I think we thought. Molinero. Yeah, they are who we thought Oliver. they were. We all did. <laughs> yeah, we, they are. <laughs> yeah, I thought we are. <laughs> Whatever. Um, what did you think of that, man? I can't even remember who I picked. I you think picked J.O. I, I think I picked, picked Molinero. Yeah. But, well, one, they were getting at it. They were scrapping. They almost scrapped afterwards. Yeah, I, I think Molinero will throw down with anyone. Oh, baby. And J.O. ain't scared. I mean, he ain't scared, but... Uh, but yeah, Molinero messed gorilla. up. Yeah, let's be honest. <laughs> Let the gorilla do gorilla things. Is, is Jo a little bit of a dude? Is, is Jo a little bit of a dude that likes to talk, but not a dude that you would really be like? I, I need that dude in a fight. Like I know Jo's Easton. You know he's 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 look. He, he's a, let he's me a put it to you this way. Dude that thinks look, he's hard, but has he ever really? Is he a Pat Downey? Pat Downey will talk, and I'll pick Pat Downey in a street fight on my side any day right. of the week. Absolutely, yeah. any day. I of mean, week. is Jo a dude that's actually ever really been in a fight? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he's probably been in a fight or two in his life, but, dude. With he, all them tats, you got to yeah, have been in a fight at least right, once. but he looks a little tougher than I think he is. <laughs> Molinero, dude, he got that slick old hair. Sometimes bald. Yeah, he's got that, like, alt-right haircut that all those freaking crazy ass. Dude, we are going way off all right, topic. We're going to have to, yeah, anyways. But ultimately, Ben, I thought this was a great finals match. J.O. has had a lot of. Really, some some nice wins or nice matches recently on the freestyle circuit. Yes. Um, unfortunately, he's been really inconsistent with his suspension, his um, bouncing around from tra- one training place to the other. Went from Arizona State to I think uh, what the New York RTC, right? With uh, yeah, Cornell, he was up to, yep. and now he's down at uh, at North Carolina, Carolina now, bouncing around weight classes too. Yeah, up, up and down, 70, hard time managing his weight. Um, and, and Molinero is just a guy that. Really, really, what I saw out of him this weekend is that no matter what, he's going to be in every match. He's going to give he's going to give you a hell of a scrap. Oh, absolutely. Um, I thought Oliver looked really good, though. Not going to lie, Agree. To you. I Agree. thought that I thought that he was. He, I mean, he got the takedowns he needed, right? Molinero was able to put up some points against Oliver, but Oliver was able to put up the the point. The um, he was able to get to the legs and finish. And look at his path. I mean, obviously a tough first-round match against a guy like Dardanes, who's a scrapper. Then he beats up on Bryce Merritt the second round. And then gets a great win, a hard-fought win over Joey McKenna. McKenna had a really nice tournament. Um, uh, um, you know, finally got over the Dean Heil hump and, and, be, and beat Dean Heil, who he'd never beaten before. I know. And, and, and Evan Hederson as well. Really nice tournaments. Um, but you're right. Molinero, he... he I, I almost was going to, like... When you picked him last week, I was like, ah, I, I just think he's, I wouldn't say over the hill, but it's not an ideal weight class for him. You know, I think he's cutting a lot to make it. Um, J.O.'s got to be cutting a lot, too. Yeah, but 
I could see this match. I want to see this match again, especially with a little bit, a little bit of the rivalry. I wouldn't be surprised if both those dudes are like boys, and we're like, yo, no matter who wins, like we gonna we gonna ham it up because it's gonna get us paid. You think so? Maybe. I, they, they were hamming it up at the end. Uh, as it stands today, though, I still don't think we saw our uh, Olympic rep at at this tournament this weekend. Well, based on based on results, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think you'd have to Yanni favor Zane. I think you'd have to favor Zane right now with Yanni being the number two, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, Yanni needs to figure out how to solve the Zane riddle. I think Yanni is our best bet on the international level, like over wrestling foreign opponents. He's We've said that this as before, well. and he's proven it. Seventy four, dude. Major props to Martinez, dude. Imar, Imar had a hell of a tournament, and Imar just continues to grow and grow and grow and get better as a freestyle wrestler, improving that. You know, he really did give JB all he could, and probably all JB wanted in that 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 wrestling that wrestle off for the world spot this past year. Um, had a heck of a tournament. Um, you know, he he beats Nazar Kolchitsky and then you know shuts out. Uh, Jason Nolf. Now he did have a tight one against Tommy Gant in the semifinals. Um, yeah, he was up eight zero, and Gant stormed all the way back. And um, go ahead. At the same time, though, when you look at his opponent in the finals, Jason Nolf, Jason Nolf had a heck of a tournament too, up until until he got injured, showing that he himself is improving in freestyle with you know shutout wins over guys like Logan Massive and Chinzo Joseph. Those are two great wins right there. And Massa is. Very freestyle savvy. You the know? shutting those guys out is a big key there because in freestyle, you know, you're always back up to your feet and you got the option for a step out. So to be able to control that mat, have the mat awareness, and be able to to be able to score when you need to and not give up points, um, a very impressive tournament for Nolf. He didn't give up a point until the finals. Worried about his knee. Worried about his knee. Um, man, in the finals, I tell you what, Imar put it on him—a body lock at the in the in the like the first. Put him on his back. Thirty seconds. Put yeah. him on his back. I thought he was going to be. Pinned. He was. Pinned. He should have been pinned. He the pinned. ref needed to get down there. I mean, he look, it's pinned. freestyle. It ain't, it ain't collegiate. He was pinned. He was pinned. Um, I think the other big thing in, the, in this weight class, though, is Vincenzo. Yes. Flipping the flipping the script on Makai Lewis, beating four to one. Makai Lewis, a junior world gold gold medalist. Beach Vincenzo in the NCAA Finals this la- last year. That's got got to do great things for Vincenzo's confidence going into the collegiate season. Absolutely, um, I, you know I think Makai Lewis. We, we forget that although he's a junior world gold medalist, he's still really green free, on the free, freestyle wise. Like right, he wrestled like two freestyle matches ever before, besides maybe some high school random tournaments before he went to junior worlds and won it. So. Uh, you know, he's going to have to figure some things out. He obviously is taking an Olympic red shirt. Um, he believes that he's got, you know, got a chance to make the Olympic team. I'm sure he believes that. Or at uh, least make the national the team, national team right. which is huge in its own right. Right. But big props to Vincenzo. Vincenzo had a really nice um, uh, uh, tournament. I think he ended up finishing. Did he, get go th- did he finish third? Vincenzo? No. 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 Oh, he defaulted out. Um, Makai Lewis ended up finishing uh, fourth. Fourth. Nazar Kolchitsky ended up beating him. Yeah, he beat him pretty good. I think that we saw a little bit of Big Brother in the end of that match um, with Kolchitsky versus Lewis. So, but yeah. Um, do you, okay, 174. 74. Yeah, or 74. Yeah. I mean, is Imar a player there still? Is Imar, I mean, Imar was a player last year. Is he a player with Dake and, and, and Burroughs again? I think I, I hate to think that he's not. I think is he a player? Yeah, I think he is. Unfortunately, he's going to have 
arguably the two best wrestlers in the world in this weight class, or two of the best wrestlers in the world outside of Sajulayev. Right, you know, one of them sitting in the finals. Yeah. The other one sitting in the semis. I mean, I really do think that Kyle Dake is one of the best wrestlers in the world at the moment. He right certainly now. is. And he's definitely proved it. Um, I think it's going to be fun to watch. I would look, I greatly look forward to a match between a guy like Imar and Kyle Dake. I think that's going to be fun. They both love to go upper body. They, they, I, I think, I don't know, I think it'll be fun to watch. Who would you? Who, that's a great, honestly, yeah, we're, we're tangenting a little bit, but that's fine. I think that Dake's defense is good enough to be able to stop a lot of what Imar has. Um, Dake's defense is good enough to stop a lot of what anybody, anybody in the world has. But does Dake have enough offense to score on an Imar? He didn't have enough offense to score on a Derringer. He, he all of his points were um, like a step out, I think, or, or maybe yeah, I think there was a couple step outs and some shot clock points uh, to make the team. But I see that right there. Is and the Imar thing. is just every bit as good as Derringer, isn't he? Um. Or is he not? Is because we know Deringer. No, because many of us think that Deringer yeah, is the right. second best guy in the world at seventy nine kilos. He was. So here is the thing, though, and I think that's what's really going to separate a guy like Imar from a guy like Dake. Dake still wins those match, matches off of you know step outs and and things like that. Dake is a much more tactical wrestler than Imar is at this point. Yes. So Dake, he understand where he's he, he he understands every position he's in, every spot he is on the mat. He knows what he, what he's got got to do and he knows what he can't do and I th- think that's what's going to separate them. I think it's going to take a big move from Imar to put Dake on his back and really put him in a hole to be able to win win a, win a match against him at this point. And, and I, we know Imar can do that against Jason Nolf, but Kyle Dake's another level, right? Agreed. But, but let's talk about – we don't need to talk about it, but let's just – you know, Imar's progression in the freestyle circuit has just been – it's just been so much fun to watch. We knew he was great, but he obviously didn't finish the his NCAA career like he wanted to. And even he was a little bit uh, weebly-wobbly when he first started on the freestyle circuit. But he showed, I think, just he's shown in everything he's done in the past year, including beating Burroughs, right, in a match, and then almost beating him, <laughs> being up with 20 seconds left in another one to make the damn freaking world team, that he he's – He's right there with uh, some of the best wrestlers in the world, I think, at this weight class. So, yes, he is definitely a player in this weight class. Obviously, though, he has a pretty significant uphill climb to, to, to be able to claim the spot. 86, man, Deringer, Mymar. I was really looking forward to that match. Deringer's just so tough. He's just so good, um, so slick, so technical, and and he's also a guy that doesn't get bullied around the mat either. Right, and he's up a weight, right? That, that was the interesting thing, I think, was – Hey, what's what's Alex Deringer, what's Alex Deringer going to look like at uh, eighty six kilograms? Right, he wrestled at seventy nine last year. Um, was uh, second in the country f- uh, to be our representative, and he was probably, as you mentioned earlier, the second best guy in the world at that weight. What's he going to look like at eighty six kilograms? That's a big jump. That's uh, seven kilos. It is. It is seven kilos, but he's not a little guy. He's not little at this weight class by any means, Ben. I think he could get bigger, which I, is a good thing. It, it, exactly. I'd rather be in that position than having to suck a bunch of weight. And I, I look forward to seeing him wrestling matches against a guy like David Taylor, a guy like Pat Downey, guys who are coming down, guys who are bigger. I, I really do look forward to those. Um, does he have a shot against a guy like Taylor? Taylor's too dynamic. Taylor's too dynamic. There's only one guy, I think, in our – if. If Kyle Dake's not there, because Kyle Dake's just kryptonite. Right? It's Jaden Cox. 
Yeah, it's Jaden Cox. It's yeah. The only person that I think could beat David Taylor. And um, like David Taylor is just an amazing wrestler. His 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 ability to score points is is uh, his ability to score points is unmatched in the United States on any any level from our from our team. There's nobody that can score points in a more dynamic fashion than him. There just isn't. Okay. All right. There just isn't, in my opinion. I, there's better people with regards to defense and and other attributes, but with just regards to ability to score points from takedowns, David Taylor's the best in the world, or well, best in the country, and uh, maybe one of the best in the world at doing that. So no, I don't. I don't give Alec Derringer much of a shot to um, uh, to be David Taylor. If David Taylor's healthy, here's the thing: we got a knee. We got we got a torn. It was a torn something in his knee. He's coming back from his rehab, and if if he's not healthy, that's a different story. I agree. Agreed. What um, do you think? I mean, do you think the Derringers really got a shot against a healthy David Taylor that we watched break Yazdani? I think we get so caught up on that Yazdani match so much, so much, so much. He did it twice. And uh, yeah. I, I agree. Um, I just can't. I think Kyle Dake is better than David Taylor. I think Kyle Dake, um, I think in the same worlds that, you know, um, Dake just won a second world title. The one before that, didn't he outscore his opponents like freaking 49 to nothing yes. or something? So, or it was something crazy like no, that. No, it was, it was insane. He didn't yeah. he was on score right. So he scores a lot of points himself. And I've seen Deeringer really give Kyle Dake an, a great match. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I don't, styles make fights, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so. I don't know. Um, I, I just like to see good matches, and I hope we get to see one. Oh, I, I, hell yeah. Sign me up to watch Dake versus Taylor. Or Derringer versus Taylor. Sign me up to watch Dake beat Taylor again, too. <laughs> All right, finish recapping these finals. Uh, 97 kilograms. Congrats to Mike Machiavelli. Mike Machiavelli Claiming qualifying. And the, the Olympic trials. Congrats to you. Let's move on to 125 kilos. Yeah, 125 kilos. A man that we, have, uh, we thought we would have seen a good bit from, but we haven't. Um, but we finally got to see him, and uh, he didn't disappoint. What do you think about Gable, man? That dude is one freaking specimen at heavyweight. I thought he looked really good this tournament. I thought he looked really good in the finals against Don Bradley. Don Bradley, who's been on, I can't even, can't even count the number of national teams he's been on. Um, yeah. Don Bradley is the heavyweight version of Nathan Thomas Hello, is what I think is going to happen. <laughs> Anyways, go really? ahead. Just like dude, like a consummate dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could get down with that. Yeah. Um, I think Gable shows that when his arrogance isn't too high and his head is in the game, he's one of the most unstoppable wrestlers there is. That's what I mean. You know, when he is really focused and I don't, I don't know. I think for Gable, the most part, when we see him lose matches, I think, it, I think he gets in his head or I think it's mental. It's not... It's not his wrestling ability. We've watched him break. Yeah, we've watched. We've him watched break. him mentally break against Anthony Cassar. I think where it's, he, he gets, gets frustrated. And he, he gets, gets down and he feels woe is me because he's not used to that. Right. He's used to dominating everyone, right. and he's not used to that. And so when he, somebody really gets gives him a fight and punches back, Gables had a tendency to kind of, I don't know. We've seen it. Feel sorry for himself. We've or seen something. it. Feel sorry for yeah. himself. The fact that you and I have never talked about this before. And yet, still see the same thing means that it's it's not just, which means that it means that it's it's not just my perception. It's it's a perception of multiple different people. And you know what? He might deny it, and he might say, "No, that's and, not the way I am." We, and we may be wrong. It's just what we observe. From my observation, he looks like he gets he he um he yeah when he's in a he he 
can't handle the pressure or he tends to fold a little bit when you know things aren't going his way and he starts to feel down on him or when he starts wrestling timid look one of the biggest things i noticed when he wrestled kassar last year i can't remember if it was the first time or the second time is he didn't just get after it was like he was afraid to attack and what i saw this weekend from gable is when he wants to attack and commits to it he can take down anybody anybody right remember we were just thinking that last year when we were watching him him versus kassar both times and we're just like what are you doing and then you're pouting now, and it's like, go take him down. We know you can do it. What are, what are you doing? And he couldn't. He just he felt sorry for himself. And, and that's no knock on Kassar because I, I would still, if you ask me right now who would win in a match, I'd still pick with Kassar. In a, in a freestyle match? Folk style. Okay, in a folk, folk style, style match. match? Yeah, folk style. Freestyle, a little different. I, I, mean, haven't, I've seen nothing, I haven't seen enough of Kassar. I've seen nothing to indicate differently in folk style you know, from what you just said. Freestyle, I'm not so sure about, but... I do think well, this year we're gonna have we're gonna see some really great matchups at 125 kilos when you throw in Gwiz and Gable and Kassar and the 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 guys that have been around for a while like Don Bradley um, and those types of guys. It's gonna be a lot of fun to watch to see who comes out of the, out of that group as the rep. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, <clears throat> we're not throwing down picks right now, but if I had to pick, I'm gonna pick Gwiz still, but. Uh, and Kuhn will be in that match, probably, too. I think Kuhn's focusing on Greco. Is he focusing? Greco. Good. Tommy yeah. and I were talking about that this weekend. I, 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 I thought I he was he focused should. on Greco. He only wrestled Greco at the Bill Farrell, so I thought that's what he was doing. Okay, good. Good. I, I think that's a good thing, because I think his odds of making the freestyle team are not that great, but I think his odds of meddling, if he focuses only on Greco, are, are, are pretty pretty good. All right. I can get down with all I that. I thought it was a great Bill Farrell, man. I thought that Bill. I thought that Will Farrell would be proud of that Bill Farrell. It's yeah. a good joke right there, baby. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a <laughs> funny person. Womp, womp. But um, I laugh at you. I think what it does is it shows us that we got. Uh, I can't believe that. One final thought: I can't believe that only the top one guy qualifies for the Olympic team trials. I know in some ways it was a little light, but you're like, damn, these dudes are cutting down, making weight, and then having to grind out, and they, and they get nothing for it. But that's the thing, though. I mean, we can't have 48 guys. Wrestling in a weight class for the Olympic trials. You got to weed out best of the best. Go wrestle right. for the Olympic spot. True. Right, this is for the Olympic spot. This isn't competing for a, a, a college national championship or I, I, you know I don't know something like that. <laughs> yeah, I the Black you. Knight Invitational. You know, hey, <laughs> I mean, Army won that Black Knight Invitational. Well, congrats baby. to Army. You know, so I, I don't mind it. I really don't mind it. I know, but, but but it's just almost like damn. Like we watch these dudes grind hard and wrestle, and then they don't even. Now, now they got to go in December to. The open, right? Yeah, but the, there's a, they also have so many other possibilities to qualify. I mean, we're talking about NCAA champs. You're going to have, what, the U.S. Open, the last chance qualifier. They're going to have a um, last chance this year? Aren't they? Uh, yeah, they are because they're not wrestling the— um, Holy shit, come here and look at this. It's the quick. one they just announced they're not wrestling, but they're replacing it with the last chance qualifier. What's the—are uh, they not doing the Schultz this year? Oh, the Schultz? Yeah, I don't— It might be. Something along the lines. Look at this real quick. What, I just— What am I looking I pulled up a website. Look at how skinny Gross looks. Look at him. You don't even show me the video. I saw him wrestle. I know. Jeez, oh, Pete. He looked like, he looked like, what's his face? He looks like E.T. Uh, Kendrick Maple when he was wrestling 61 kilograms. Oh, my goodness. I, don't, I just called him E.T. I don't even know what E.T. looks like, but he's got that skinny old neck. E.T. neck. Oh, gee, bro, really? Really? We go, you call, you're calling Seth Gross, NCAA champ, Bill Farrell, oh, Will Farrell champ, E.T.? E.T. neck? E. That is neck. disrespectful. He got that E.T. neck, son. Dude. He got that E.T. neck. Oh, all right. 
let's get into some college talk. Man, you want to talk oh, about a weekend yeah. full of upsets? Look, we had Ohio State go down. I we, was upset. I'm upset too, but it's still great to watch. No, we yeah. got Okie State getting taken out by, by Lehigh. How about Ryder beating Minnesota? That's a heck of a a heck of a, a win for Ryder. Do you know Ryder's mascot? It's the Bronco. All right, good. I don't know it. You don't you didn't know that? No, thank you for telling me. Yeah, the Ryder Broncos. I was hoping you wouldn't know either. Well, I'm sorry. You want me to cha- like change my story? <laughs> Whatever. Um, a lot of upsets this weekend. On top of that, some really, some really significant and interesting individual upsets. So let's just start with Vatek and Ohio State because I think oh, you want to go Vatek Ohio State. A great huh? upset, a great match wrestled by the the Vatek team, and on top of that, a great individual upset with our local boy. Mitch Moore, I'm sorry, Brent Moore from Graham. <laughs> Mitch didn't get no upset. Pinning Sammy Sasso, who Sammy Sasso has been on fire. Who a lot of people were starting to pencil in as the you know the, the favorite for, for the real? national champ yeah. favorite. It yeah, I, I think that. So I posted on the dot net that because uh, people were just talking about the duel, and I said, "Hey, I thought one, I said watch this match." It was like 184. I was like. I think that Hunter Bowen and um, Gavin Hoffman might be, and Gavin Hoffman didn't wrestle. I said, that might be an interesting match. I obviously favor Hunter Bowen. But I said, I think Ohio State's still going to roll this duel. And boy, was I wrong. I mean, they looked flat. Did they not look a little flat there to you? At least some of their dude looks real flat. Yeah, I agree. I, or do I, we I, say, or do we give props to Virginia Tech? I'm sorry. I, I, think, I think it's a little bit of a both, but you really, we really have to give props to Virginia Tech. Look, they went on the road. They came into Columbus right. against what the number two ranked team in the nation, number two, number three ranked team in the nation in Ohio State. Three, I okay. think. At the time. Yeah. yeah, I think three because I would be number two. Um, and they really wrestled well and gave it to them, got the upset win. But aside from the Sammy Sasso upset by by Brent Moore, how about Ethan Smith flipping the script and getting the victory over multiple-time All-American, one of the top-ranked guys at 165, and David McFadden. That was hey, that was a great win. That was – Ethan Smith is a conundrum, okay? I'm glad you're yes, – he – Preach. I forget the dude he lost to from Pitt, Wensler or Wenzel or – I don't even know the other guy's name, and I apologize for that, um, um, on Friday. And I was like, Ethan Smith just does not look like – the same guy that he did the year before, right? The volume of attacks that he would shoot. No, he wouldn't finish all of his attacks, but the volume with which he would get on people's legs just did not look the same. So I said, and this it's not be ugly. just the match against Pitt. Look, he lost the wrestle off against Karshla. Okay, yes. Karshla's redshirting Ethan Smith, the starter right now. Um, as you said, I believe it was Jake Wenzel. He beats Ethan hey, Smith. Close. Yeah, Jake Wenzel. He beats him. I think it was a one point three to two. Um, but I mean, that's a match that a dude that you would expect. Who won a match at the NCAA tournament would have won, right? I mean, I, I agree. I agree. So, but regardless, and I know there was some uh, what some uh, some penalty points in this match against McFadden. Appropriately called penalty points, by the 100%, way. One hundred percent. You you can't take anything away from Ethan Smith. Just like Brent Moore, b- bullying over Sammy Sasso to get the pen. Great win by Ethan Smith. Yeah. Great win. He got in on a leg and he took him down. Now the takedown. There were three takedowns in the match. McFadden got two of them, I believe. Um, yeah, and Ethan Smith got one, but uh, I think maybe McFadden only got one too. I, I I can't recall, but Ethan Smith did enough to win, and he looked good doing it. This was the best he's looked all year, I think. So 
Now let's see if he can build on that. Because I tell you what, he loses that match. Ohio State fans are going to start thinking, yo, we got this dude in red shirt. It's, it's a, it's a beast. Leave him, man. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with I you. I mean, fans, we're going to think it. Yes, we're going we're gonna to think it. Yeah. Tom Ryan, yeah, he'll, he's probably going to consider it all season. The smart play is leaving Karchel well, in red yeah, shirt. Yeah, this win right here gave him, gave him a little bit more slack, right? Absolutely. The loss to Wenzel, or is it Wenzel? Uh, Wenzel, yes, Wenzel. Wenzel. Lost to Wenzel was a little head-scratcher, but then he comes back out and he beats a multiple-time All-American at Dave McFadden. Very nice win. But, I, you know, I don't want to gloss over this Brent Moore, this Brent Moore win over Sass. So, um, you know, Brent Moore did, did more brother things. Puts a dude on his back, right? Brent Moore's dangerous. Brent Moore was, was an ACC champ as a freshman beating Kevin Jack. Let's Beat not Kevin forget Jack, that yes. this dude knows how to wrestle a little bit. He won a match ACC the freshman tournament. of the year. And then oh, was he freshman of the year? And yeah. then his brother, the next year, was ACC Freshman of the Year, I believe, at 141. I think so. Yeah. So so that was... I believe. I have to look that up. The thing about th- this match, though, is is it, it fall in a minute and 15 seconds. What can you really take from that? You, you take from that the fact that, okay, Sammy Sasso put himself in a really bad position, and Brent Moore completely capitalized on that and put himself in a great position. You know, if they wrestle again, I don't know who I'm favoring. Pop, I'm going to favor Sasso. Probably favoring right. Sasso. But... but not taking anything away from Moore. You have to favor Sasso. But here's the thing. This is what, what really stood out to me. Sammy Sasso is a bull in his own right. This is a guy that doesn't get bullied over, get bullied around he, the mat. He's not this super technical, single-leg, chase-the-ankle guy. You know, he's a, he's a go-after He's a hard-nosed, yeah. get-after-him, bull type of guy. And, and he kind of got, got out-bullied by Brent Moore. He did. So major props to him. But this is... This is a, this is a loss that Sammy Sasso is going to look back on later in this year and really learn from. Okay, rather he can lose this match now than later on in the year. So, you know, and and we talked about needing some rope. Brent Moore that gave him a little bit of rope too because Brent Moore before that was having a um, he, he was struggling a little bit. He he got uh, shut out against Brock Mahler, and he got beat up pretty bad against by Yaya Thomas Major. Okay, now I'm going to stop you right there. Okay, um, for for a couple of reasons. One. Let's not forget that Brent Moore had major, major, major back operation this past year, just like myself. P- pretty much the exact same surgery, just like myself. Okay, why aren't you pinning Sammy so, Sasso? So, <laughs> 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 why are you sitting on the couch drinking beers with me? <laughs> because that's where I need to be. Tom Ryan, call him up. But listen, the point I'm making is Brock Mahler took what third in the country last year. Yeah, we as a know. Freshman. We Brock know Mahler is. Is, is an animal. He's a man. You know, he, he's a phenomenal wrestler. Yah, Yah Thomas is somebody who. Whoever everybody who really follows wrestling knows that he has such a high ceiling. We didn't see it last year because I I think he was too big at one forty one. Now he's back up at one forty nine and he's looking really really good. And so these are not bad losses for Brent Moore. No, they're not. But I, well, I was surprised Yaya Major and I kept last podcasting saying Yaya was our U twenty three rep. It was a junior rep. I'm an idiot. So anybody that listened last week and was yelling at me continually saying no, he wasn't our U twenty three rep. I heard you. <laughs> I heard you. Uh, but other than that, I mean, there were some high notes. Luke Pletcher with a, a major decision over Mitch Moore, who's an extremely solid and dangerous guy. It's a high note for the Buckeyes. Cody Hughes beating Rocky Jordan 7-2. to So Rocky Jordan has been split in time with um, Caleb Romero right now. And I, I think after that match, even Tom Ryan said, we think 174 is pretty settled for the moment right now. It's going to be Caleb Romero. Rocky got chucked to his back. He just... Uh, I think it's taken him a little longer to come back from that injury than than what people expected. 
because he, he he looks like a semblance of of what what we expected when he beat Carson Karchlow at the Ironman and and won three titles in uh, for Ohio. And uh, yeah, look, he he didn't have much of a redshirt season last year, right? He didn't wrestle a match. Exactly. He, he didn't even get to train much. So he, right now, now this is technically his redshirt year, more or less. Unfortunately, he has to do it. Starting um, potentially, well, so, I mean, he probably won't start. Yeah. Right? But, yeah. But he, what I mean, you know, right? It's a year that's counting against correct, the eligibility. Exactly. So he, he 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 he's not had that year to really get better and improve and learn a lot. So it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of growing pains for him. But Caleb Romero has actually looked rather well this year, up a weight at 174. Yeah, so I, like I think him. that is a bright spot. I don't want to look. We talk Ohio State all the time. We said, give it was me one a, more. Give me one more. Oh, jeez, go ahead. Is it time to? Is it time to to worry about Malik? He just – he didn't have it. He just is – Malik is small. He's, he's still super he's small. Very small, and unfortunately, I think it's going to cause him a lot of problem. Is it time to worry about him? No, we've been worrying about him. We know he, he's a great wrestler. He's got some, some great technique, but he's little. He, he is absolutely little, and he is going to get beat up by these big 25-pounders in college. He can't get on the bottom. Yeah, it's time to worry for me. I think the Buckeyes need to find out what they're going to do at 125, and – uh, I'm not sure Malik's it. All right, so upset weekend continues. How about Lehigh getting the W on criteria against Oklahoma State? If you recall, we talked last week about how we had this new review from one of our listeners from the Midwest that says you know, he thinks that we're leaving Oklahoma State out of a lot of the conversations as one of the best teams in the country. Listen, Oklahoma State is an amazing program. They had a great team last year, did great things. The year before, I think they had – what. Had eight All Americans last yeah. year. They returned eight All Americans, right. right? Yeah, exactly right. Um, but at the end of the day, this year's Oklahoma State is not your grandfather's Oklahoma State team. Yeah, your grandfather's Oklahoma State team won like what twenty eight titles. <laughs> You're right. Um, they, they they look like they are a little lost right now, and I'm not sure that the line. Certainly, the lineup that we saw there is 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 a uh, leaves a little bit to be desired. I think they're missing some people, obviously. You know, Dayton Fix in Olympic redshirt is a huge loss for that team. Cade Brock going down with a knee. With an injury. You know, imagine a team starting out with Piccinini and Dayton Fix right off the bat, one and two. Th- that, that's a great that's a great one-two combination right there to, to get a dual started off. Their lineup this year just doesn't have that same Oklahoma State pizzazz that we're used to seeing. I get it. They still got Bula Wallen. If he stays healthy, he can do great things. Um it's very young. Dakota Gear, All-American last year. Hell of an All-American. Yeah, I mean, year. I think he's got some, you know, he's going to be one to reckon with. I found it interesting that he was wrestling at 97 in this duel instead of 184. Um, and then well, obviously Joe Smith just wrestled at 84 for him. Not at this not duel. Not Lehigh, right. No, but he's just right. wrestled at 84 for him. So, uh, so we have no clue what that lineup's going to be Yeah, we don't, like. we don't know what their lineup's going to be like. You know, they still got Pichonini. Pichonini's going to be... Like he's a player at 120, 25, no doubt. For sure. But, we, we, you know, we spent some time talking about this this weekend. But Joe Smith didn't wrestle. Did, you know, he didn't wrestle this weekend. For some reason, I thought that he wrestled at 184. I'm sorry about that. Go oh, ahead. Okay. I didn't know, so I just took your word for it. Yeah. Well, um, that, that's, that's never a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, you know, we talked about this topic a lot this weekend, you know, over beers with Tommy. And I think we're going to talk about it more later, but. I really have to wonder how well some of these top programs are doing at developing talent, and I think Oklahoma State is one of the ones right right now 
where we an argument an argument can be made that they're not developing talent like they used to. So I think there's, there's a double-edged sword that we can talk about with that. One is, are they not developing talent? They've got some younger guys that don't necessarily look like what we thought they were going to look like when they came in. Mm-hmm. And two, are we just spoiled by these top teams having significant amounts of people that come in, freshmen come in, and they're automatic four-time All-Americans? That used to just not be the standard. We used to think that, like, hey, you would All-American once or twice, and that was awesome. Now if now you very rarely, very rarely not see a guy who All-Americans for the first time as a senior. It just doesn't happen as much as it used to. That, so that I think valid that, point. Yeah, are, are, we, are they not developing anymore? Are these saying, guys just, just, guys, just guys that take – they need more time to develop. I'm not saying Oklahoma State isn't. I'm asking the question, are they one of these teams? I know how – I'd oh, say I my feel kid what the problem is. Smith. Absolutely. But you bring up John Smith. Is John Smith one of those guys that is too rigid in his old school ways to kind of to, 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 to adapt to yeah. the current standards? I think he's a little too rigid in that way. I, we know he's yeah. big, big on having his guys cut weight. He says, I'm recruiting you at this weight. This is the weight you're going to wrestle, and I don't care. We see that a lot, right? Yeah. No, I, I, I think that, I think that uh, there is a little bit of rigidness with, with Mr. Smith there. Um, whereas the opposite, when you look at um, Tom Brands, he's starting to be a little more loose, right? A little more fun, a little more hip, right? The young guys want to now hang out with this dude. I don't mean that in that way, but you know, it, it's just it, it's 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 a difference where we saw that Tom Brands kind of evolve, and John Smith has 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 not evolved as much with that. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, okay? Uh, who am I to tell John Smith how to run his wrestling? team uh, a team that's that's always a perennial power but I think what you're getting to is the fact that hey they lost to Lehigh um, who's a great team in their own right right I oh, mean, of course 100% but Oklahoma State is not the team that we, we expected now let's let's get into the duel a little bit um, Gefeller didn't wrestle okay Gefeller hasn't wrestled all year by the way so, um, but didn't John Smith say that Gefeller's the number two guy at 141 right. and I think that there's an issue there with um, Smith had came, come out and said that, hey, some of these guys, including, I think, his own son, need, need to understand the priorities when they come here, that, that, that you don't just come here to, to So maybe to he's wrestle. lighting a fire under his ass. Right. Because if Dusty Hone is the number one, well, your number one didn't do too well in this duel either. <clears throat> right. So what I'm thinking is they're saying, hey, Gafella, you got to go to class. you got to do the right things outside the wrestling room to make sure that, uh, that you're ready. Because he's clearly the best 141 on the team, based on what he did last year. I know he didn't. I know he laid an egg at the NCAA tournament, but he's clearly the best. So he wasn't there. And then they lost, um, the, who was their 133-pounder that failed skin check? Uh, Whitcraft. Yeah. Reese Whitcraft. Reese Whitcraft. However, he did lose the night before. Yeah. You know. Who did he lose to the night before? I don't, I, I, you asked me too quick. I don't know. All right, go ahead. I'm going to look that up. But, you know, but he's another guy that's very young, got his red shirt pulled. They needed a 33-pounder when Cade Brock went down with his right, with They got a lot of 33-pounders. Um. It's going to be interesting to see his development. I will say, I don't want to beat up on Oklahoma well, he lost State. Chandler Olson from Drexel. Yeah, I, I knew. One. That's yeah, a, that's a, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, and I don't want to beat up on them because look, they're a great program with a lot of success. They do have some bright spots, and one of those bright spots is they have a guy at one sixty-five. Yes, who, who is quietly having a great start to his redshirt freshman year, and that was Travis. Whitlake, who was a big, big time recruit coming out of high school, I think he was from Oregon, wasn't he? 
Was it Oregon or California? Yeah, yeah I thought it was. I think Maybe it was it's Oregon. Oregon. I don't know. Um, look, sixteen and two in red shirt as a red shirt last year. Already six and zero this year. I don't think he has really any marquee wins just yet. Um, you know, uh, Andrew Shummers might be his best win. Maybe Eb did Gerald from uh, from Drexel. Eb Gerald's a good win. He's you know he's six and zero on the year, and he's proven that he is a formidable. He beat Eb Gerald. He did. Yeah, that's a solid five win. to one. Five to one. I think Evan Gerald's a national qualifier for sure. So I think that's a great, great thing Oklahoma State has going for them. Um, they need to figure out what's going on with the guys like Joe Smith and whatnot. Who's going to yeah. be at eighty four? Who's going to be at seventy four? Who's they got to get Joe Smith in the lineup? They got to get uh, Gefeller in the lineup. Then that team looks a little bit more like the uh, Okie State and uh, that, that we that we know and love, right? But so. hats off to Lehigh for getting the win. Josh Humphreys, man, I like this dude. You know who I'm talking about? The 157-pounder from P- Lehigh? Pin or be pinned? What's that? Yeah. yeah he's got a great cradle. Yeah. Great yeah. cradle. He's gnarly. Um, he is a – I think he's an All-American this year. We don't have to get into a ton of that, but I just wanted to get it on wax. I wanted to get it on the mic that I think Josh Humphreys All-Americans this year for 157 pounds. Well, I mean, I think he's what? He's like the sixth-ranked guy in the country at 157. Oh, is he so, really? I mean, he's ranked extremely high. <laughs> now I'm going to so, now I'm going to go look. I, I'm glad you're going out on a limb there. Um, he's ranked eighth. Damn okay, it. Eighth. <laughs> <laughs> and depending on your rankings, um, 157 being that it's not very deep. Yeah, Bergie's ranked fifth. Really, he's ranked fourth. Yeah, Josh yeah, Humphrey's going to all It's there. not very deep. It's actually rather young. And Josh Humphrey is a great wrestler. I expect to see him on the podium this year. He should get on the podium this year, or at least be very close to getting on the podium this year. I like him, though. It's fun to watch those types of dudes wrestle, right? And Humphreys was a great wrestler last year. I think he, I think he won a match at the NCAA tournament or two. But um, uh, Lehigh's a cool team. Um, I think that how many All Americans could Lehigh have this year? Let, let, and they just lost Jordan lost, Cutler, Jordan Wood. Yeah, they Josh lost Humphreys. Preach last year. Jordan Cutler, Jordan Wood, Josh Humphreys. One thirty three is kind of cleared out. Or no, no excuse me, Patzel's down at um, or Patzel's down at one twenty five. One thirty three has not cleared out. <laughs> Fix, Mijic. Those guys are gone. Yeah, you make a good point there. I guess guys like RBY. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> I'll stop. Um, another another great upset this weekend in a duel. How about Ryder over Minnesota? Do you know that Ryder's mascot is the Bronco? That's We talked about that <laughs> earlier. Ryder over Minnesota. What is going on up there in Minneapolis-St. Paul, son? I have no idea, but it's not good. I mean, all the props to Ryder, and I, I understand that that that, that as Stevenson wrestled at heavyweight and it wasn't Gable; it was his, his brother, brother Bobby. But guys, Ryder beat Minnesota twenty-one to seventeen. That's not something that I figured would have happened anytime soon. Is Minnesota a team that's really slipping in the Big Ten? I mean, this is a team that. Under J. Rob's tutelage, was always producing all Americans, numbers of all Americans, significant amounts of all Americans. I don't know how many all Americans they had last year. What they have, Mitch McKee, and uh, well, I think Skatska got on the podium last Skatska. year. Mitch McKee, Gable Stevenson, right there. Sean Russell um, didn't, did he? No. Um, I, I thought there was one more. I, I could be wrong. You asked me these questions on the spot. Tommy Thorne didn't do it. Tommy Thorne did go on a little run, though. I know, I love Not old Dawson Tommy. Boots. But I think it's a I think it's a good question, Ben. I think right now, 
there's probably just a lot of stuff non-wrestling related going on with the wrestling program. Look, Devin Skatska was upset. That's probably not a match that he's going to lose the majority of the time. It was a sweet match, though. Dean Sherry was just going ham right. bone. And mad props to, to Dean to Sherry. Dean Sherry just locking up cradles left and right. That was an <laughs> That was an awesome match. Not for Skatska. Yeah, I agree. I mean, but, but I, I, I don't think this is a match that Skatska is going to lose the majority of the time. So you look at that. Didn't Skatska beat Ryan Deegan last year? No, they were not even in the same weight class, Ben. Let's well, who was that? Oh, it was Blyze. Yes. Steve, Steve Blyze. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Skatska did, did get on the podium, though. Uh, anyway. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Minnesota. Last year they were real, they were pretty good. You know that they, they were a good team. So so are we, am I reading too much into the fact that they lost a rider? Because this is their squad. This is their team. Unlike Lehigh versus Okie State, where we're like, okay, Okie State's got a little bit of that cavalry coming. You know, we always talk about is the cavalry coming? Okie State's got that cavalry coming. I'm not sure Minnesota's got that cavalry coming, son. I'm 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 picking maybe two AAs. If if um, if um, Gable Stevenson Stevenson doesn't come back, um, so I think they have a chance for more than two AAs. <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, I expect Mitch McKee to All American. I think Brayton Lee, the freshman at one forty forty nine, yeah, has Brayton a chance Lee. to All American. Sure. Um, you got a guy like Skatska. I, I I expect to see him on the podium or close. Um, outside of that, if if Stevenson doesn't wrestle, then I think that's about it. I think it's going to be a down year for them. Um, I, Pat McKee, he can do great things, but he's, he, he's young. He's a freshman, took a, took a beating in this match against uh, Tropia from, from Ryder. Um, so, yeah, I think what we see is what we get with this team this weekend, minus the, the loss by Skatska. I'm just wondering if Minnesota's just if it's a, if it's just a year where they're going to be a little down, or are they going to start to slide, and are we going to start to consider them in the same breath as – Dare I say, Mich- Michigan State, Indiana, in terms of Big Ten wrestling, that would just be a travesty to me. Minnesota's a team that you and I both like. I I I I I went I I um when I was wrestling in college, I was a counselor for the J. Rob camps. I was around the dudes that were like that were involved in winning those t- those team titles. Like I looked up to those guys. And to watch how far this program has fallen, I always considered Minnesota my second favorite wrestling team. And to watch how far this team has fallen, it's 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 a little sad. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not ready to go that far just yet. I, I'm I'm surprised you didn't mention this or notice it. But how about Giorgio Pulis wrestling for Ryder now? Yeah, transferring G- from Cleveland State. Giorgio Pulis, I did. Yeah. I saw that this summer. He Ohio boy. He's not having any good success at all. I don't no. know why he transferred. But I don't know either. Just thought I'd mention it. it was, I'm, I'm glad you did. Glad you did. One last du- duel that we have to mention. How about Northern Colorado just th- throwing an absolute beating to West Virginia? West Virginia. Nickerson is doing some great things out at Northern Colorado, man. I I, I completely agree. I mean, Northern Colorado, they've got a dude at 149 pounds, Andrew Alirez, who I think that he's not getting the hype that the Sammy Sasso is. But who might be just every bit as good? I think he is getting the hype from the wrestling media people, not the wrestling fans, because Sammy Sasso is a household name. Not a lot of people understand who this guy for Northern Colorado right. is, but he is extremely good. But yeah, I mean, if you look at their team with Moshe Schwartz and Andrew Alirez, some young bucks that are that are super solid. 
I think what it says more is is is, is another question that we had similar to Minnesota. It, it's a different context, but I would not expect a team in a conference like West Virginia with what we would think would be the funding and facilities that West Virginia has provided to um, uh, Tim Flynn to, I know it's just his second year, but to go out and get blown out by Northern Colorado. What's going on down there in Morgantown? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I don't know if it's they're struggling to get top recruits, even though they've got a, a phenomenal recruit at 197 pounds, um, and I believe his name's Noah Adams. I believe, yeah. Um, who was a high, very highly ranked recruit, um, had a great freshman season. He had a nice season. win over Jacob Seeley yeah, from a, Colorado. Had a great freshman season, took a red shirt last year, and now he's back. Um, but outside of that, there's, there's not a lot to really, to really look forward to with that lineup, you know? I mean, I think Noah Adams and then there was 65-pounder Nick, uh, it's Cousis, I forget. He's from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrestled for West Virginia 65. He was a national qualifier last year. Um, absent those two guys, there's just a bunch of guys that we just don't really know much about. I expected more. I thought that when – I guess the, what I'm getting at is when Tim Flynn went down to West Virginia, I said, holy shit. They're surrounded by Ohio, and they're surrounded by PA, Western PA, and like the Whippeal area is only a couple hours north, if that – and they got some funding, and they got a guy from that recruited really well for Edinburgh. He got a damn team trophy for Edinburgh. He did. What's he going to do at West Virginia? So what I'm looking forward to is in a few years, looking back and saying, was the problem Sammy Henson or is the problem West Virginia as a whole? Right. But they got Joe Heskett there. I mean, they got some support, right? Or at least they did at some point. I know Heskett was there at one point as an assistant AD. Well, I mean, is the AD out there showing single legs in practice? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I mean, well, I know, but what I'm trying to say is, is Gene Smith from Ohio State freaking <laughs> showing high crotches to Sammy Sasso? <laughs> Honestly, he might try to he might try to show him a little something. I like that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, it, it's super early to to, um, to say that it's a, to say that Tim Flynn's not going to be successful at West Virginia. But th- th- this isn't a good sign, in my opinion. What do all the high what do all the highly touted recruits really want right now? They want great training partners. I was going to say they something want a different. Great coaching staff. They want they want a, a great RTC if, if they uh, post college aspirations. I know you're going to mention something about college girls. We're going to just go ahead and bypass. Yeah, hot that. chicks. Okay, yeah, hot chicks. We're going to bypass that. I know you, Ben. Um, but that's important. Uh, yeah, it's it's a college. And Morgantown's campus. got them. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, but I think West Virginia is lacking all of those right now. So what is the draw? What is the draw to West Virginia for recruits right now? They got money. I mean, okay, yeah, you're not going to get. Okay, maybe you don't get the number. Two, you don't get a big board guy, but you should be able to get a. You should be able to get a top 100 guy. Like you know, I mean, of course. And I don't know if they're doing that. I mean, you got to be able to recruit. If you got 9.9, you got to be able to recruit some top dudes. You got to at least be able to put put an all American or two out there. Okay. All right. That, that's my opinion. Okay. So. I know. Uh, you know, I, I just I I thought that it was important to mention this final duel because um it, 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 it to, to me it was a little it, it's one of those things you read and you're like did I just read that right? You know, did Northern Colorado just really mollywop West Virginia? Well, they did, and I think and to sp- instead of spending so much time focusing on the West Virginia asp- 
aspect, we really need to give dues to what Troy Nickerson is doing at Northern Colorado. I mean, he's building a program out there. To get a guy like Andrew Alvarez to stay in state and go to that school when he could, probably could have his choice that of any schools in the huge. country. That's, that's great things. Hey, Alvarez, yeah. No, but that's awesome that he did that too. But it just goes to show, in my opinion, what Nickerson is doing with that program to get a guy like that to stay in state and want to wrestle there. I think it's I think it's going to be really fun to watch Northern Colorado and how they progress over the next five years, assuming Nickerson stays there and doesn't get recruited to a bigger program to coach a bigger program. If he, if he, if he, it could be like a South Dakota State type thing with Bono, right? You know, you, oh, 100%. Yeah, you end up finishing, you know, top 15 in the country, all of a sudden you're going to have your pick. And I'll tell you what, there's going to be some Big Ten teams that will be looking for some coaches here soon if, if, the, if, if the shit don't turn around for them. Sorry to say. All right, let's get into some of the uh, upcoming du- duels this weekend that might provide a lot of excitement. I think the f- first one we got to talk about is obviously Iowa Iowa State. Um, you remember last year's duel when uh, freaking Gomez and DeSanto went at it? Oh, Gomez, Gomez chucked him to his back, didn't he? Well, he tried. Yeah, he's trying. Didn't he? He tried to chuck him to his back at the end, right? Yeah, he, was he had to win to by him. a major. He had to win by a major to win right. the duel, I believe, and it didn't after. happen. I can't. Yeah. Um, but this is always a really good matchup, and it, the, the, even this year, there's going to be some great individual matchups. Um, but once again, just like we're seeing with a lot of teams right now, we talked about it with Okie State. You know, we talk about it with Ohio State. Um, you can talk about it with a you know a lot of teams. Everybody got really high on Iowa for a lot of reasons, rightfully so. So, oh, they but, got a squad, son. Absolutely, I'm not saying they don't, but it looks like. They still have a lot of questions about their lineup. And we can talk about some of that a little bit as we kind of preview this duel. So I'm, I'm not going to call you out here. It ain't always been a great duel. I was beating the hell out of Iowa State a lot. All right, let me rephrase but, that. Let me rephrase that. By great duel, I mean there is always some great individual matchups right. because these, these guys hate each other and they That's scrap the shit out of them. Right. That's yeah. what I meant. Agreed. I'm Agreed. not saying every duel's you know, 19 to 18. No. <laughs> no. You know. I'm just saying. It, what I'm trying to say is it's cool now that Iowa State's back in the mix. 100%. Kevin got these dudes ready to freaking roll. And, I mean, it's going to be a duel. I, now, Iowa's going to win this duel, but it's going to be a real thing. And I, and I think that I'm, there's a couple matches I'm really excited oh, about. Oh, me too. Me absolutely, and I bet, I bet they're the same matches, and we'll get to that. Sure, but I think I think Iowa right now, for being the number two ranked team in the in the country, they absolutely have some questions about their their lineup that has not been figured out. And to be the right. number two team in the country, and especially to challenge Penn State, which people seem to think they can this year, they got to get these figured out. They got to make the right choices. They've got to solidify their lineup. One hundred percent. The earlier you can solidify your lineup, I think history shows the better. Now, look, at 125, you, you know, we're looking at Spencer Lee against Alex Mackle. Um, Spencer we Lee saw this is last year. otherworldly. Yes, we saw it last year. M- Mackle, look, Mackle's a great wrestler, tr- Ohio guy, went to Rutgers, transferred to Iowa State. He's continued to get better and better. I think he's got a great chance to get on the podium this year, but Spencer Lee, Spencer, Spencer Lee. Yeah, can he keep it to a major? That's the key for Iowa State. Can he keep it to a major? Which, can, which he, he did keep, last year. Yeah. If it was 13-4. to four. And that was when Spencer, that was when Flugate, Oh, flu game. Not to be mentioned with shoe game. Remember when everybody was like, Spencer Lee's got the flu and he's got this and that and what the hell's wrong with him? Right. When really, I think that everything, I, I think the only thing that was wrong with him was he just, or just some, wasn't healthy. I mean, I don't know what it was. I don't think it was the flu or anything. I just think that he he wasn't wrestling at his most optimal. Um, Regardless, himself. he wasn't healthy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But I think but, 
it's going to be a good match. I think Spencer Lee obviously dominates that match. I'd like to see Mac if Mackle can keep it to a decision this year. That's the thing. Is he going to go out there and just shut it down, close those elbows off, and just say, don't tilt me a bunch, keep it to a decision? Is he going to go out there and try to scrap a little bit? I mean, we've coached dudes before. And we never hesitated to say, hey, listen, Stall you know who you're off. wrestling. Stall. Yeah, you can't Grab win. a wrist. Like, I, I would look dead in this kid's eye and say, you can't win, son. You can't win this match. So don't go out there and get pinned. You weren't looking in his eyes. You were looking in his mama's eyes. Yeah. Your son can't win. He ain't any good. All right? He's just not any good. But Oh, you pulled a Josh Lowe on him. He can't get <laughs> Yeah, I've what's your Josh name? Oh, you can't make it a state. You can't All right. State. Anyway. Um, 33 could 33. have been sweet. But I think that the, we're not going to see either one of these dudes at 33 that we thought. So we're not last year it was DeSanto. And Go- Gomez, well, Gomez is yeah. not. He, he can't his, get down yet. He has the set plan that he can't get down. Yeah, go, go, Gomez is trying to get rid of his beer gut right now. What did he say? He weighed 170 One, pounds? 170? God, he fucking probably looked like me. That's a lot of Bud Beast or Beast whatever. Uh, beast heavy? Beast heavy. Beast ice? Um, but I don't think we see DeSanto at 33 either. I don't think we do. And this is a weight class that Iowa's got to figure out. Look, everybody's super high on Gavin Teasdale. They're super excited about him. Let's talk he about him. Paul, we will. You know, he beat Paul Glenn in the wrestle-off. Paul Glenn was a Midlands runner-up last year. Um... He goes out this weekend at the Luther Open. It yeah. was Luther Open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, dominates his first two matches. Wins by tech fall, but, but he takes a loss in the third match against uh, a Division Two or Division Three guy. Was it Wartburg? Yeah, it was Wartburg. Yeah. Took, D- took a, a loss. Guy, a D3 guy who's, I think he's ranked in the country, D3. Um, who was I talking to? Earl. No, who was it that sent us? Somebody it was Earl. Sent, it, it was Earl. Earl. I think it's an Indiana guy. Yeah, State sent us a text message about like who the dude was. And certainly the dude is a... Um, uh, a relevant guy, right? A probably going to be an All-American type guy, Division Three, But you shouldn't be going out and taking losses to Division Three All-Americans if you're expecting to be challenging to, you know, get on the podium of the Division One tournament. I do agree with you. Now, the score was 6-3 to three in that match. It was uh, actually a little closer. The score was 4-3, to three, and then Teasdale went for like a last second inside trip to get a takedown, and he got taken down off of it. So didn't, he didn't he, go inside trip of the week. He did not. He didn't go to his back, thank God. But I think this is a situation where people can really look into this too much, okay, possibly. Um, Teasdale, coming back from all of his struggles, first time in an Iowa singlet. Oh, yeah. You, you know, for first action in a while. Is it really cause to be concerned? Or can we chalk this up to the uh, the Mark Hall losing to Alex Meyer when his red shirt got pulled type situation? A little different because I think Alex Meyer was an All American at the time, D one. But what I'm but, but you know what I'm getting no, at, though. but I think I think what you're getting at is the same thing that is, is is that I was talking to earlier is that these guys are fallible, right? These guys are human beings. Not everybody is going out there and being a four time All American. Not everybody's going out there and pulling an Imar of what he did his freshman year. Guys, people are going to lose matches, and they're going to lose matches to. to to individuals that aren't in their division, and they can still be an All-American. Gavin Teasdale can still be an All-American this year. Gavin Teasdale has been out of high school for two years, and the three matches that he wrestled this weekend are his first three collegiate matches. Okay? And you, you, t- you look at his first two matches that he wrestled, he put up 38 points in those two matches. 38 points combined. And then he loses this match. I think, if I'm an Iowa fan, if I'm Iowa, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. Because if, if the rumors are true, true that he is absolutely holding his own a, 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 even more, getting the best of some, some of the good guys in the Iowa room, these coaches these coaches will straighten him out. Yeah, so what did he lost the match? So what? People lose matches. 
Seriously, I mean, I, I I hate to be so sophomoric about my comment there with, with without going into too much depth, but people people drop matches. They do, and people get better throughout the year, and people figure things out. Now the question is, does Tom Brands panic? Does he start putting Paul Glenn in now? Because Paul Glenn, I believe, wrestled. They had a duel this weekend, right? Right. And I, Paul Glenn wrestled in that duel. Did Tito so Tito wrestled attached, right? I think he'd have to because he's. I think his last shirt they're considering was was his red shirt year. Paul Glenn wrestled in their duel against Chattanooga, um, and won. Yeah, close. I think that I think I could see Tom Brands wrestling Paul Glenn in this match against Iowa State. Yeah, and just saying, hey, Paul Glenn's the is he a senior? He's an upperclassman, right? Um, he is an upperclassman. He is absolutely he is a senior this year. Yeah. I could see them. I could see them giving Paul Glenn a chance at this point until uh, until Teasdale goes out there and maybe shows his hand. Teasdale's going to wrestle at Midlands, right? And maybe after that, there's going to be a decision made. I know that's a little bit ways away, or maybe he just says, "Hey, he's going to do what a Tom Ryan does, and he's going to wrestle one guy one duel, one guy the next duel, and they're going to figure it out." Here's my thoughts about this. Yeah, go ahead. Um, there's a couple things actually. One, if what we have been told is true. Austin DeSanto is still weighing in close to 133 and then wrestling 41, if that's true. I don't know if it's true. It's what we've been told. So they're leaving the door open for him staying at 133. Secondly, Paul Glenn is an upper class. He's a senior, okay? He is a senior with a 40 and 31 combined record. Um, that's better than my record okay. in college. I'm not saying it's bad, but what I am saying is Iowa knows what they have with Paul Glenn. Right. Good I point. Wanna, so I want to see Gavin Teasdale in an Iowa singlet. In a big duel against your in-state rival, how does he handle that pressure against an, oppo- an opponent who, if if it is in fact who I believe it would be, Todd Small. Todd Small's got some wins against national-level competition. I'm not saying he's bad at all. I'm just saying it's a, a relatively tough opponent against an in-state rival. I want to see how Teasdale bounces back and handles this because you know what you got with Glenn. I think that that's the, the last thing you just said there was really important. You know what you have with Glenn. So it's not like if you don't wrestle him here, you, you, you can't figure things out. What you need to do is you need to put Teasdale up against a guy like Todd Small, who's beaten a Casey Cobb, who's beaten, um, oh my goodness. He's Colin beaten, Valvadez, Jens Lance. I mean, uh, he's beaten, Sean, he's got a win over Sean Nickel. You know, that's actually a decent win. Yeah, I know. Todd Small's not bad. If you throw Teasdale out against Todd Small and, Todd, and, he, and Teasdale beats Todd Small, I think you answer your own question. Unless, DeSant- unless they decide they can score more points with DeSanto down and Miron at 41, who's hurt right now. Understood. The last thing I'll say about Teasdale is this. Teasdale's had a rough last couple of years, man. Real rough. If I'm a head coach of Iowa, and I think, I think that Teasdale has a bright future with my program, I don't want to I don't want, want to wreck his confidence by not letting him have opportunities in these situations because he took a loss at, at an open against a D2, D3 guy. You, you know what I mean? So you put him out there. You say, hey, just because you lost We're with you. doesn't mean that you're done with this team. 100%. Well, then I think that you, you, the easiest way to justify it is that Teasdale won the wrestle-off. So there you go. I mean, you you can definitely justify and, it that by, way. By saying, hey, we're going to throw him out. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, 41. Another match that we're not getting that would have been. DeSanto against Ian Parker. I think this is going to be a good oh, match. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was like, Max Murin's hurt. DeSanto so against him, Ian Parker. Parker. Yeah. So 41 and 49 both. You got uh, DeSanto, Ian Parker, Lugo, Jarrett Deegan. I think those are going to be two great matches. DeSanto and Parker have wrestled, wrestled before. Parker beat him when yes. DeSanto was at Drexel. Correct. 
So, I mean, Ian Parker's Ian Parker's a really solid wrestler. Ian Parker's had he's great never all wins. American. He's had great ones. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Dean Heil. Ian Parker beat Demas last year. Did he not? Did he? Yes, I'm oh, almost wow. positive. Let's look that. I'm going to look at that real yeah, quick. You look it up. What I'll do is I'll just talk about uh, DeSanto at 41. My thought is that I think that the team is better. Well, we don't know enough about Teasdale yet, but I'd like to see Teasdale versus Small. But is he this, did. He beat Dom Demas in the duel, four to three in sudden victory. Okay. He beat Cade Brock last year. Yeah, he's beaten Dean Howell before. He, he's had. He, he, he's got great wins. You think he ain't good? I think he's good. Oh, he's real good. Okay. In fact, I'm gonna pick him up my fantasy team. So Austin DeSanto, Ian Parker. I think it's gonna be a great match. Give me DeSanto, right? One hundred percent. I mean, I know the, the direct sort of Santo was really good, but a little bit different than, than, than Ian Parker. I think that Ian Parker is he was a, a freshman with a head case. Yeah, Ian Parker. I think is, uh, is he a junior or a senior? I think he's a senior. Yeah, he's a junior. A junior. Oh, so he's a young, not young, but you know, he's he's had some success before he's even gotten his junior year as well. He was a national qualifier last year, the only year that he's qualified so far. So far. But he's had, he has shown that he can be high level guys, great guys, elite, elite guys, elite college level wrestlers. He's beaten. I'm looking forward to see if DeSanto wrestles in this at this weight in this duel. I'm looking forward to see how he does up a weight against a very formidable opponent. And can he break a guy like Ian Parker with his pace? No, no. Ian Parker keeps into a good position for I think to be able to to be broken. Um, I think that. We did see DeSanto against another guy who keeps really good position last year when in I think it was uh in Carver it was against uh oh, oh my goodness my brain is really bad uh Nick Soriano remember when we took him down to beat him yeah he beat Nick Soriano yeah that's what I mean yeah. so we've seen him be able to break guys that even keep really good position Nick Soriano keeps better position than anybody I know so for him to be able to take that guy down a couple times, even though Ian Parker's a pretty solid wrestler, I think that DeSanto's going to be able to take him down, not at will, but a, a, a decent amount of times. I think that it's going to be a big flip-flop from when they wrestled as freshmen. 149, Lugo, Deegan, two All-Americans. Deegan's beat him twice. I don't think uh, Lugo's ever beaten him, uh, but Deegan has beaten Lugo twice. I think Deegan, for one, he's like six foot five. He's super tall, super tall. He just does moves that you're not used to. You can't plan, for, you can't game plan for a guy like that. No, I do think he's a really underappreciated wrestler at the, the 149 pound weight class. He's not the one of the marquee names. I don't think people people really understand how good he is. But I, I, I like. Well, he Deegan. was around a 12 the year before, coming out of nowhere, right? Yeah, round of 12. Because he got in the lineup when Parker went up when Kanan Store transferred. I think. Okay. I'll take it. God, I might be wrong. But for some reason, I just I remember Jarrett Deegan coming out of nowhere and being around at 12. I mean, uh, Deegan did wrestle at the Cliff Keen the year before. Um, I could be so, wrong. Yeah, you could be wrong. Uh, but anyway, I like Deegan, and I like Deegan over Lugo in this match. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't have much else to offer except for I think a really short guy like Patricio Lugo, it doesn't, I think it plays right into the wheelhouse of Deegan. And it's been shown. 157. Caleb Young, David Carr. Are we going to see David Carr wrestle? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm excited about this match. <sighs> I'm really excited about this match. This has got to be one of the ones you're excited about. Oh, it, yeah. It, it's, 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 the, it's, the, uh, it's the top match of the duel, right? 
Yeah, I would say so. I, I mean, honestly, I, yes, I would say so. So Caleb Young was a guy that had some success two years ago at 174 pounds. We knew he was good, right? You could you could watch him wrestle and see that he certainly that wasn't the weight class that was most ideal for him, but that he was good. But I don't think a lot of people expected the how good he was and the type of run he was going to put on at the um, NCAA tournament throughout the Big Tens and NCAA throughout the entire throughout year, the entire right? season. If you think about it, look, Caleb Young was a great recruit out of Pennsylvania. I, I think he was one of those young guns guys, right? Yeah, he was a young guy. He wrestled out there with Kimmer and all those guys. He was a great recruit. The problem is struggled to find a weight class for him, and I think he bounced around 74, 65. Um, and if I, finally last year, they get him down to 57. He has, he has a great season, a phenomenal season, great wins. He took fifth in the country last year. Beating Deacon twice at NCAAs. I think when you, you were watching Caleb Young last year, he had some, some nice wins, you know, dominated Keyshawn Hayes in a match. Uh, Deacon had him all season long until the until the NCAA's, and he not only does he beat him, he beats him twice. But when you look at his early season matches, you know, and he did have other good wins. You know, Zach Hartman from Bucknell is a is a tough wrestler. Absolutely, Josh Humphreys, guys like that. I think he beat a Steve Blyce, you know, who's a great wrestler. But, but when you look at his matches against the elite guys in that weight class, they were all extremely close, tight matches. Um, Tyler Berger. Three to one sudden victory. You went for Berger. Uh, Pante, you know, Pantaleo beat him twice. You, you know, one point, one match, two points, another match. Um, so you, you saw that it was there. And I it think the there. big thing with Caleb Young last year was the offidence t- to pull the trigger on his attacks. And I think something happened. Maybe Brands got to him, but then he goes into the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA's, and he caught fire and got on the podium, fifth place. So, so the question is, how high is his ceiling? Is he still progressing? And where's David Carr stand at right now? And I don't think that's a question that we can answer right now. I think that's a question that we have to see, right? We we know David Carr, super recruit, uh, junior world champ this past year uh, in freestyle. It, it's a little bit different in folk style against a guy who's proven. I think that I think Caleb Young wins this match. Is that crazy to say? And that's weird to say no, that. No, it's not, it's not crazy to say. I think Caleb Young wins this match if he keeps Carr at bay on their feet. Because where, where Caleb Young can win this match is getting a takedown, a crucial takedown you know, at the end of a period, but it's on the mat. Right. Where is David Carr's mat game right now? And I'm, I'm saying that his top game is probably not very developed, and we've seen him struggle on bottom – against elite competition in high school. We've seen that. We saw it his senior year. Yeah, and, and we haven't seen... Or junior year. Senior year. Yeah, we, you're talking about Iron Man? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know... He, he, but on his feet, he's one of the best in the country. I mean, who, who are his amazing wins as a red shirt? He beat Keegan Shaw, um, and he beat... I think that's pretty. That was probably his best win. Brayton Lee. He beat Brayton Lee. That's a good win. Yeah, very nice win, who was also in red shirt last year. Um... But other than that, we didn't see a ton from him. Obviously, we we, we understand the success that that the age level medals play in uh, development. But until I see it, now maybe, hey, would you be surprised if David Carr goes out there and takes him down six times and just completely dominates him? Yes. Okay. I don't know. Uh, if would I, I be, would, su- would I be surprised I if, if David Carr gets a few takedowns against him? No, but I think Caleb Young is very tough to score on. He's very tough to score on. So I would be surprised if if if. 
Carr dominates him on his, on his on his feet to the tune of six takedowns. Yeah, yeah. Give me Caleb Young, but I mean, we could be we could both beat and Crow here next time we, we record. Oh, for sure, for sure. A lot of people think right now that David Carr has a potential to win this weight class. Well, I think we're gonna know we're gonna learn a lot this week. What is another marquee matchup here? I don't think, I think that might be it. Yeah. No, Cash Wilkie and Sammy Colbray, that could be a great match. Yeah, and that, the, here's the question. Are we going to see Cash Wilkie or Nelson Brands? Nelson Brands wrestled in the duel against Chattanooga. Weighing in under 180 pounds. That's Cash it. Wilkie went out to the Luther Open and went undefeated. I wonder why they did that. I'm not in their head. That's what I mean. I don't know. Huh. I think that, that that's, a, that's a fair question to ask. I don't have the answer to that one. Um, what are you? What are you good for, Ben? I, yeah, not much. I'm just kidding. Not, not much. Yeah. Either way, that's, that's regardless be a of who they match. send out, Cash Wilkie or Nelson Brands, who was a super recruit. I, I'd rather see Cash Wilkie and Sammy Colbray, two guys that have both made the round of twelve. Wilkie, I think, multiple times, and who th- this is his last chance. Yeah, they wrestled last year, and I think it was seven to six. Colbray uh, won. So it, 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 that would be a great match. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I, I like Iowa to win this duel, obviously. Yeah, I think that I think that without uh, Austin Gomez, it's going to be tough for Iowa State. They, they're going to have to really pull a couple different upsets before um, uh, to have a chance. But I like what Kevin Dressler's doing there. I do too. I like what Tom Brands is doing at Iowa as well. Yes, yeah, we, we talked one hundred percent. Another big duel this weekend, probably the last one we could touch base on, is going to be Arizona State once again as is wrestling Penn State early in the season this year. I think there are some interesting matchups that could and should occur. Um, I think Penn State wins this duel. I think they win it rather handedly. Um, but I am very interested to see matches against guys like um, Verclaren and Maruka. I think that could be a great match. Ja'Cory Teamer, Brady Berge, um, Shields and Vincenzo. Yeah, if we see them all, right? If we see them all. I think that Teamer got hurt. the Last last time we saw him, he was injured. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Ja'Cory Teamer. And we know Berge, he, he got concussed at um, – U twenty threes, I think. Correct, and obviously Vincenzo coming off a, a grind of a Bill Farrell this past weekend. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I don't. Yeah, it would be interesting guys. if we even see Vincenzo after that. Kassar and Tanner Hall could be a good match. Tanner Hall's a guy that took third in the country. He's like thirty three years old. Yeah, <laughs> he took third, right? Yeah, yeah. Beat Jacob Casper for third and fourth. Um, a couple years ago, right? Yeah, and then uh, obviously, really excited to see a match. Between Zahid and Shakur, because we all heard what Shakur said about Zahid moving up a weight. It's just going to make my national championship all the more sweeter. Yeah, I, I just don't think we see Shakur either, though. You know, he hasn't wrestled yet. I think that this is an awesome, Brandon. You're, I think this would be an awesome duel if everybody was at full strength. We're just not going to see it. All right, so you're saying we shouldn't talk about it? No, we can. We're just not going <laughs> to see it. We're, and. I, it, you're probably right. Yeah, honestly, you are probably right. One of the matches I'm actually looking forward to is, and maybe it's just because I used to be a light guy many moons ago, is Brandon Courtney versus Brody Teske. We've got two freshmen coming in. Um, that People were really high on Brody Teske, and, he, you know, is he who, you know, people thought he was? And Brandon Courtney's had a, a pretty solid season as well. I actually favor Courtney there, and I think that if Arizona State has any chance to win, and the only reason that they would is if Penn State didn't wrestle their full lineup, you got to get a win there. So that that's more of a match for me that I'm looking forward to um, than I think probably 
uh, a lot of them. Yeah, Maruka, Verclaren. I think Verclaren's going to win that match. Maruka's just not looked that great this year. I think it's going to be one of those matches where it's a toss-up. It's an absolute toss-up. Both guys have been completely... They've Both guys have underperformed to their expectations when they came in. Yeah. Um, I wish... The the one match I would be the absolute most excited about is a healthy teamer and a healthy Bergie. That would be a phenomenal yes. match at 57. And we'll see it, I bet, at some point. I hope so, because that would be amazing. Um, am I crazy to think that Tanner Hall has a chance to beat Kassar? I'm not saying he is, but yeah. does he have a chance? I think after what we saw Kassar do last year, I think you're crazy to think, think that. I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, I, I like the fodder, though. I like the fodder, though. I, I, wish, I wish both of these teams were healthy and had their full lineups. Um, it'd be fun to watch them scrap. Arizona State doesn't match up too well with them. Uh, it's going to be another Penn State win, but it, it'll be it'll be a duel that I'll tune in for. It's on the Pac-12 network. All right, my last question about this: We kind of touched on you know teams teams that may have struggled to develop talent. What do you think of Arizona State and what the what they've done with the high level recruits the last five six years? Oh, yeah. I mean, we I think we've talked about this before. I, I'm I'm uh I'm not very impressed with with Arizona State's ability to develop talent, at least at this point. And, and and it could just be a perfect storm of guys coming in that just necessarily their ceilings were already – they had already reached their ceilings, you know, maybe like an Anthony Valencia type. But uh, you got to wonder how much rope Zeke Jones has out there, right? I mean, pedigree-wise, one of the greatest coaches. But I, I, I've just not been very impressed. We we talk about Arizona State every year, and it's going to be their year, and they're going to get a medal or get a trophy. And then it's just not even—it's not even close. By the by, the second half of the year, we're not even really talking about. What about what do you think? I agree with everything you just said right there. I think they've struggled to develop a ta- talent. <laughs> when I stop and think about the guys that they've had the last few years, I struggle to find somebody that they've actually developed. Look, guys like Maruka, Shields, super high recruits. Now Shields has gotten on the podium, but I—I I expected more. Honestly, when he came in, Maruka's just baffling to me. Um, and well, he's just gotten—he's gotten actually. I hate to say it. He—he's not wrestling as well as he used to wrestle, right? He—he's not as good as he. used I think to be. it's a fair point. Um, outside of Zahid, and look, I'm not saying I can't say that they've developed Zahid into who he is. Obviously, they've helped, but Zahid was amazing when he came in. It's hard to say that. Yeah, that Zahid was a developed talent from Arizona State. I think that he would have been just as good going anywhere else, and literally t- anywhere else. And then on top of that, I, I just can't get the thought out of my my mind of these elite-level college athletes who graduated and went to Arizona State to train for the senior circuit and didn't do well. J.O., Nashon. Yeah. Yeah, you, you just wonder. You know, we're talking about teams that, you know, we're not talking about who's on the hot seat yet. Well, we can get to that maybe at a, a future date, but. It's it's interesting. It's interesting whether uh, Arizona State. I just don't know what type of administration right. they have, and you know, well, wh- whether or not they care enough to, to to notice. But one one thing we can't deny, though, if there is one team that is doing a, an amazing job at developing talent, it is Penn State. Yeah. On that note, it's, we're going to end this podcast. It's true, man. Note. They do. They develop so much talent. All right, let's cut it off. It's late. We're tired. It's been a long day, guys. Gals, that's all we got for you today. Episode 104 is in the books. We apologize. We were all over the place today. ADHD kicked in for both of us. (laughs) Squirrel.
That's all we got. Don't want to bone your back, bro. Love you all.